Hello, and welcome to the Convos with Kayla podcast. On this podcast, I will be sharing what God has been teaching me lately while also featuring guests on the show. This is a relaxed place to feel like you're having a cup of coffee or tea and talking about Christian lifestyle with vulnerability, challenging ourselves on our beliefs and actions as believers of Jesus, growing deeper in scripture, sharing testimonies of God's faithfulness, and exploring how we can grow deeper in love with our King while living for His glory. Make sure to subscribe, share with your friends, and enjoy the episode. All right, well, welcome to the podcast, everyone. Today, I have a new guest that actually, it's kind of fun for me because I've interviewed musicians and entrepreneurs, interviewed friends and family, but I've never interviewed someone who's in the acting and filmmaking world. So this is actually quite exciting to me um, because actually growing up, I always wanted to be like an actress and be, you know, on the the filmmaking side of things. And obviously I'm not into that anymore, but it is very cool to have a new friend on the podcast. So I'm going to try not to butcher his name. We were just talking about how to pronounce it. So here is Raphael. Yes. (laughs) She got it. She got it. I got it. We were just talking about how it's Hebrew. So I, even though I speak a little bit Hebrew, I do butcher it up sometimes. So anyway, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Kayla. Thank you so much for having me. This is so cool. And and, and do you know any, like, what do you mean, do you know any? What, what Hebrew do you know that you could share really quick? Oh, share a little bit. Um, okay. I love cookies. So okay. my go-to saying is, Ani ohevet ugiot. Which is I love cookies. Yo, let's yep. go. Yep. So, <laughs> anyway. All I know, I mean, I just know like the because my family we grew up and we did like you know the 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 Jewish traditions and stuff like that. And we celebrated the feast in honor of like the Jewish people, and so like we would do the prayers, you know, like the Baruch Hataronai mm-hmm. So I mean, I know like some of the prayers, but um, that's really cool to yeah. hear a fellow um, Hebrew speaker. Right on. Partial. Yep. So. Yep. That's funny. Our family did that too growing up. The feast days and everything. Oh, what the heck? We yeah. gotta talk about that. I know, we'll have to talk about that some other time. <laughs> uh, so that's what you get for meeting new friends and then just learning stuff about them on the go. So it's fun. Great. But love it. Yeah, so you know, you have many exciting things that have been coming out and uh, obviously we're gonna be talking about that, but I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself so that the listeners as well as myself um, can just get to know you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I am a Minnesotan. I am from the the great land of over 10,000 lakes in Minnesota. I'm an artist. I'm a musician. I'm an actor. And I come from a family of artists and musicians and actors and actresses. And um, my parents, they're actually part of a ministry called Wide Awake, which focuses on healing from childhood trauma. Mm. Um, So I grew up in a Christian home, and I grew up um, being inspired to pursue um, not only, like, uh, you know, faith-based kind of uh, related career paths, but um, also to pursue arts and to pursue it in a, like, as if I'm going to actually pursue this as a career. This is something I'm going to do, not like a side hustle. Like if I told my parents, yo, I, I want to be a musician or I want to, for, for worship, I want to um, be an actor. I want to be a filmmaker. They'd be like, let's do what we got to do to make you get to that point so mm-hmm. we know that you're ready. Um, And so they would be the ones to um, help me take classes. They would help me take courses. They would get get me to, um, you know, to go and do shows and to just hone all my crafts and stuff like that. Um, And I feel like I kind of have a a utility belt full of all these different kind of tricks that I still am trying to apply into um, 
a lot of things in the world today, but I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that they gave me um, growing up. And it's, it's just great to know that um, not only was I able to grow up in a house that encouraged my faith and, and they helped me grow in my faith, but they helped apply my faith into what would soon be my future career. Mm-hmm. So, Wow. That is super cool. Yeah. I love when I hear about parents who are just so supportive of their kids and, you know, just helping yeah. them totally steward those gifts and be able to walk out in that. So that's awesome to hear. I love that. It helps. It, it helps a lot, you know, because sometimes parents, they, they, they want their kids to, and this is no disrespect to other parents, but sometimes parents, they, they have plans in mind. They have uh, intentions for their, for their kids. Um, and sometimes it's really good intentions, but, you know, it's also really important to make sure that the, the kids are able to, um, make decisions, you know, mm-hmm. have that critical thinking aspect of making, you know, giving them the opportunity to be able to grow in what they want to grow in. So there's always that balance, but right. uh, it's, it's helped a lot. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's super cool. Yeah. So, um, I usually do ask people kind of what God has been teaching them in this season of life they're, that they're in. I just, I, I really have a heart for my podcast to come across as just having a conversation with friends and, you know, sitting right. down for coffee and just talking about the Lord. And so, yeah, I would love for you to just tell us a little bit of what God's been teaching you in this season. Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, well, what's super cool is that I actually, I, I host a young adults group here in the Twin Cities and it's, it's kind of like a support group meets Bible study. It sometimes it can feel like a, like a, an AA meeting, but we don't intentionally make it that way. It's, you know, we're, we're all kind of there to support each other and love each other. And it's, it's a Bible study. Um, but recently something that's really been on my heart and something that I shared with the group is this idea of reverence for God. Mm. Um, and that everything that we say and we do in the lifestyle we live should automatically give reverence to God and that we should, you know, kind of have this natural understanding of what fear of the Lord looks like. And I mean, it's, it says, you know, in, the, in, in God's word, it talks about how, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. And so, and that's not saying, you know, be afraid of God because bad things are going to happen to you. But it's, it's knowing that there's a heavenly father above us that loves us so much that we just, by, by nature, our instinct is to give reverence to him. Our instinct is to want to just, you know, revere him and love him and to want to respect him and honor him and everything that we say and do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I've been working on a lot lately is making sure that I'm living a lifestyle that is giving reverence to God and is showing respect. Um, because the same, if we, if, you know, we're growing up and we're giving respect to our parents and we're taught that it's a biblical trait to give respect to our parents, how much more respect does our heavenly father deserve, mm-hmm. you know, on a day-to-day basis. And this is also someone who, who, not only wants to spend time with us, wants to be our, our heavenly father, but he really wants us to make it in this life. And so um, just for that reason, those reasons alone, I'm like, wow, God, you are so worthy of just more reverence than I can ever ask, think, or imagine. And so um, that's just something that's been really heavily on my heart and something that I've been able to share with our group and stuff that we've been able to pray over. And, you know, we're seeing God move in just massive ways and, um, he's been touching our hearts. Sometimes it, it can be kind of slow, but then in other areas, he's moving very quickly and people's lives are being changed. And um, yeah, reverence has just been a huge um, thing that I've been awakened to just within this last kind of um, season. Wow. So That is amazing, man. Yeah. I, 
I don't think enough young Christians really do have that reverence for Christ, you know, and, and just, yeah. yeah, we, we don't technically, our first thought at looking at God is like, wow, you're holy. Like, what does yeah. the meaning of, of holy God, you know, what does right. that mean? And what does it mean right. to truly have the fear of the Lord? Like we talk about it, but what does that look like exactly? So mm-hmm. I'm encouraged to just hear, like, even with you guys taking that step and really just pressing into that as a collective, like as a group, you know, and yeah, right. just pressing into that more and more. And so I love that. It's really encouraging yeah. to hear. So, yeah. And it's, and it's, and like I said, it's really important to know that God is not in a position of, well, this person's ready to make a mistake. I'm going to strike them down with lightning. Like that's right. not the kind of fear that he's, you know, referring to. And sometimes, you know, I, I, I'm even guilty of, you know, making a mistake of, of confusing anxiety with fear of the Lord. Um, and it's really important to know that, you know, God isn't ready to just strike us down for making a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, you know, mistakes happen and, you know, we, we, if we do make mistakes and things don't work out for us, you know, that's not always God striking us down. That could just be the error of our ways. And, you know, we're seeing the consequences of what we do, but God really wants to make clear that the fear of the Lord is not, um, if you don't fear me, bad things will happen. It's, it's it's coming out of the context of I love you so much and automatically there should be an honor given to God for, um, just being our heavenly father. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We, ah, oh, we could go off on that topic. Like that, that is so, so Come cool. On. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just forget all the other questions and do that. Yeah, we don't need them. Yeah. I did a movie. What? No, we're not, yeah. talking, about that. not talking about that. It's not like no, you have the poster in your background too. You know, it's like, no, no, forget no, about that. No, yeah. Not at all. It's not there. Oh man. Wow. Oh, that's so, so cool though, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so even though I would like to talk about that to kind of go into a different path now yes, let's with, segue. yes, with acting, how did you get involved with acting? Like, I know you shared a little bit about your, your family background and that whole thing, but yeah. How did you begin yeah. that story? Yeah. I was kidnapped one day and pulled into the circus and <laughs> perfect. You're PT uh, Barnuman. No. Uh, no, uh, well, from a young age, I always wanted to tell stories um, I loved going to see shows. I loved, you know, just the whole idea of being a character and making people laugh and, and leaving an impact. Um, I was always kind of a, a wild child growing up and always felt like I needed to not necessarily be like seen, but I, I, I felt like I had stories and I had things I wanted to share. And um, I didn't really have a format or a, a platform to do so. And so... I remember when I was I was like 10 years old and our church was doing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which is a very good musical. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and one of the, the lead actresses, she approached me and she was like, do you want to be in a show? And I said, what's the show? And she said, it was Joseph. And they, they were looking at me for Benjamin, the you know one of the brothers of Joseph. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And so from that moment forward, I was like, wow, I really like this. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would do church shows and community theater. And eventually that led to doing professional theater around the Twin Cities. Um, and I, I was doing basically like one to two shows every year, maybe sometimes even three shows. I was very, very busy doing shows. Wow. Um, I just had so much fun doing it and it would continue to um, grow my, my portfolio. And that was kind of the goal was I'm just going to keep doing shows. And if I end up on Broadway or wherever, Hallmark, (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, I, I, or it's something for pure flakes, you know, I have stuff to work towards. And so, um, I, I would, or I would have, um, you know, just a, a resume that would look, uh, good, would look acceptable to whatever casting directors in the future. Um, I, you know, I, I would do shows in high, in high school, um, a lot of fun shows, shows I always wanted to do. I did high school musical, which was really fun. Um, um, and I did a show called You Can't Take It With You, which is like an old, I think it's from like the 30s or the 40s, but it's an old show. It's like a satirical comedy about a family. I just did so many shows growing up that I was like excited to do and never thought I would be able to do. Um, and then just being able to do them, it was like, this is, you know, a dream come true. Um, so I did a lot of theater. And at the same at that same point, I was also getting very into filmmaking. I think I was around maybe like 12 or 13 when I started, um, when I, well, I was given a video camera. I think I'd broken like two or three other cameras because I was always doing like really crazy stuff. <laughs> and somehow the lens would always get like broken or it would pop off or there was like sand that would get in. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, just one more camera, just one more camera. <laughs> and I got, I finally got a, it was a shockproof, waterproof, dustproof. And I think it was something like, breeze proof it was a really Dang. ridiculously um feasible camera it was like it could go through any climate any it was, it was very durable you know and it endured a lot it, it, it went through you know what i put it through <laughs> i put it underwater <laughs> i threw it around you know oh my gosh um but but with that camera i made a 51 minute long film that is on youtube today it's it's i consider it kind of um, a beautiful piece of garbage. Okay. Um, but it's, it, 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 it was where I needed to start. And so I, I started making more films, not with the $70 camera, but I was starting to do more filmmaking alongside acting. So I was kind of getting both perspectives and I was like, wow, I love stage acting and this is helping with, uh, getting me where I want to go. But I also love the side of production and post-production and just learning more about camera, editing, directing, writing, lighting, you know, sound. I was I was very fascinated with all of it. And to this day, I'm still very, very fascinated by all of it. Um, and actually, my senior year of high school, so I'm kind of doing both. I'm doing, you know, little film projects and also doing acting. But my senior year, I was cast in this kids' TV series through a series of churches around the Twin Cities called Eagle Brook. Eagle Brook has about like 11 or 12, I think, I think their 12th campus is starting up and they're mega churches. So about 6,000 kids watch the kids ministry series every week. And so I was cast into their show for two years. Um, and this was my kind of like my first TV web series kind of role. Cause before I'd just done a lot of like, I'd done like little, uh, shows and, 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 then some stuff for professional theater around the Twin Cities. But this was my first, like, on-camera film gig. Because um, other film gigs that I'd done, it was me filming myself or me, you know, producing things for myself. Um, but, um, yeah, I'd done that for a little bit. Uh, did some shows a little bit after. Um, I was actually, this is funny, I was cast as Joseph in the Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Wow. Um just right before COVID hit, like, I mean, the week before COVID hit, I was cast. We had a week of rehearsals and then it shut down and we never returned to it. Hmm. Um, and I don't even know if they've done it. I, I think they, they were saying they were trying to get the show back up, but I was already, you know, on my third feature film and I couldn't go back and do it by that, that point, which I wanted to, um, but it was really sad. 
so yeah, uh, long story short, I've, I've done, you know, lots of theater, um, lots of shows, got into post-production and filmmaking. And then during COVID came across an open casting call for the hit film life mark. And I just, I submitted a really crappy like video audition for my living room. I mean, the lighting was garbage <laughs> and I just, I was like, not that ready, not that prepared. I sent it in. Casting director responded, her name's Beverly Holloway, and she is an amazing, an amazing influence in the, the Christian film industry. And she had me resubmit, which is very, very rare of casting directors to do. Hmm. So I resubmitted my video audition. I watched the documentary. I lived on Parker Avenue, which is what Life Mark is based on. Studied David a little bit. Um, and I'm someone who loves doing caricatures and impressions of people. So picking up on his instincts was actually easier for me because I that's something I just did growing up I would you know do impressions of cartoon characters and movie characters and people and presidents and stuff like that so um so I did that and in total had four auditions for Life Mark before the Kendricks reached out and they said you know we 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 love what you've done we we love that you have a heart for ministry and a heart for doing um, film for uh, kind of the Christian film industry and then using your gifts for God. Because really what I told them is um, I'm building a portfolio, but in reality, I want to do what you guys are doing. I want to be able to make content that is going to leave an impact and, and do content that um, is giving reverence to God. Mm -hmm. It's it's films that actually honor God and uh, bring people closer in their walk with Christ. And uh, I want to be someone that is you know, younger that can help bring the younger people um, to a closer understanding of who God is through media. And they said to me, well, they asked me, they're like, well, how would you feel playing a minor role in Life Mark? You would have like a smaller role, maybe be in a couple scenes. Mm. And I said, twist my arm, you know, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If I were the pizza delivery guy just bringing you guys, you know, food during lunch, that would have been worth it enough for me. And they were like, well, that's great. Except that's not the case because you're going to be the lead role in the movie. Whoa. Yeah. And then everything changed after that. Met an agent, done, you know, ama other amazing projects. Um, worked with people I can only dream of working with. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. So. Dang. Wow. That's that's my that's my mouthful for you. <laughs> I love it. That's so cool. And it's so cool to see too how like God has used your humble obedience to open these doors for his glory and like none of it is you trying to, you know, force these opportunities or show off my talents. Like it's just totally God just opening these doors and even I, I love how the Kendrick brothers phrase that. I was just like, how would you feel playing a minor role? Yeah. Like, you know, that's amazing. Can you imagine if I was like, actually, I'm not okay with yeah, right? <laughs> I need the major role, okay? <laughs> uh, I would have died if you did that. Wow. No, I know. It would have been messed up. Okay, so how do you, like, obviously, there's, I'm sure, a whole system that you have to get ready for going into auditions and getting ready for films, um, but what is your process of, like, getting ready to prepare for a role? Because I know you even mentioned, like, for Life Mark, that you watched that film that, you know, the movie yeah. is based on to prepare yourself for that. So, yeah, what does that process look for you? Yeah, well, and every process is different, so it's not all going to look the same. And sometimes um, there will be a lot of preparation will be a lot of okay i'm gonna watch this video i'm gonna study this character i'll study other actors if they're playing similar roles and i'll kind of get a feel for what they're doing sometimes it'll just be okay 
this character actually is a character that I can create. Mm. So I really don't need to, you know, go and do a bunch of research to figure out who this is. I just have to be myself. Um, I did a movie called Into the Spotlight, which is yet to be released. Um, and it was a very fun film. It's kind of like a movie musical, kind of similar to the, it's in the style of kind of like high school musical, kind of camp rocky, kind of Disney channel, nice. kind of a, yeah, that kind of a thing. Um, uh, for that particular project, there wasn't a whole lot of, there wasn't necessarily a whole lot of character preparation that needed to happen because the character was essentially just me if I were living in like a, uh, basic Disney kind of world. And so for that particular project, I didn't have to necessarily dive deep in preparation and getting myself ready. Um, I, well for that, it, it was also a musical. So, I mean, uh, I would, you know, read the lines, you know, just kind of be myself, kind of imagine who this character, I really, I would read the script. I'd read the side that they would send me and I'd be like, okay, well, who is this character? I would ask myself, who is this character? And then the more that I would read through it, and that the more that I would apply myself into it, I'm like, I'm basically supposed to create this character. Like, yes, there is like, you know, the outline of who they're looking for, but they're also looking for who you're going to bring to this mm -hmm. character as well. And in fact, I think Beverly Holloway even said this, that when going into an audition, Beverly Holloway, the casting director, when going into an audition, it's, it, they don't want to hear, how do you want me to be this character? They want to hear how you're bringing the character in your eyes. How do you see this character through your eyes? And how are you going to display that confidently? And so sometimes um, when I'm going into a, a film project, I'm bringing my own version of that character. If they tone me down, great, which has happened before. I've done projects where I'll, I'll get myself ready and I'll think I'll know who this character is. And maybe there's some things that they need to fine tune and, and you know, fix. And, and maybe they need to like, have me chill out a little bit because sometimes I could be over the top um, or maybe I'm not over the top enough. So mm -hmm. there'll be things where I can go into it and I can kind of create my own character and it's, that's really crucial, but um, just expect to be kind of fine tuned when you get on set by the director and some of the executive team, because it is a group effort. It isn't just you. And it's not personal. If you go into it, creating a character, and they might want to go for something different. It's not personal. It's just what they're looking for. And at the end of the day, it's just about how are we going to mutually create a character for something that is going to uh, leave an impact and is going to uh, um, last with people. It's going to be a character that people remember. Mm. Bob, that's super cool. I think the, the key that I've realized, because I did some theater growing up and um, have seen friends, you know, do films and, and such. But I think truly the key is bringing your own view or your own interpretation of the character and of the role into this audition or into this, you know, film or, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, right. I think people just crave to see creativity and see your own different outlook on that role, right. as well as confidence is a big key into that. So I don't know. I just, I love seeing people's like brains just move in a creative way and, and come up with like, right. okay, like maybe this isn't what they were picturing, but like, I'm going to come in with what I think is, is a good yes. side of this person in this role. And we'll see if two right. sides can mesh together. So I love that. Right. And ultimately that's, that's actually a really good point you just made. Uh, and I want to follow up with not only is that a good trait to have 
in acting, bringing confidence into your auditions, bringing confidence into prepping for a role that you've been cast in. But um, learning to have that same confidence in your life, Mm. which can be very hard. And again, that's something that we all struggle with. Some people more so than others, but uh, confidence, can it goes very far. Someone who can carry themselves, someone who knows that, you know, maybe they don't have all the answers because I, I, like I said, I've done auditions where um, maybe I don't know the character. Maybe I, I'm, I'm just bringing, you know, the things that I think of this character out and I, I don't actually know who this person is, but I'm still going to carry myself in a way where it's like, I may not know all the answers, but we're going to get there. We're going to figure out who it is. And I at least want to show that there is that confidence in me somewhere. Hmm. And, um, you know, because it, we all have confidence, confidence in us. It's just, do we want to step out and actually apply that into our life? Yeah. Um, and it's hard. I, I, I will say it can be very, very hard, but, um, I think everyone will feel a little bit better if they apply themselves and just believe in themselves. Cause I think that's the other thing that Beverly Holloway was trying to get to people is that, you know, you know, the character that you are trying to be just step out into it because if you're kind of half in half out, there's, you know, it's very imbalanced. Mm. And so just stepping into who you think that character is, um, it benefits you more than you think. Mm. And it will not only benefit your audition, it will benefit who you are as a person, because that's a trait that um, everyone can have. Mm. And it will benefit you the more that you apply it into your life. Right on. Yeah. I, this isn't a question I sent you, but I was thinking about this as you were talking is, what do you think is like that balance between having this confidence and walking out and who God has created you to be, but also yeah. not letting it turn into pride and thinking you're all that? Like, what is that middle yeah. ground for you? That's, that's so important. Um, and I, I think one of the things that it, it's kind of a pet peeve for me is, is people who, um, they kind of feel like the, the world kind of belongs to them and they kind of have a say and there's kind of a lack of humility humility is the key word in everything that we should say and do as believers we're already called we're we're called multiple times in scripture to walk in humility as believers i mean i can name multiple reasons why i mean just you and i alone could brag to the world on the things that we've accomplished the things that we're working on the things that you know we could be uh just boasting about Mm. but you know as it says in i think it's in first corinthians it says boast to no one you know, only boast, if you're going to boast, boast about God. Don't be boasting about your, your accomplishments and the things that you're working on, the things that you've brought to the world. It's instead boast on the things that God does through you and for you and, and, and boast, you know, about him and make him the center of everything. Um, and so I think the key to not to, to being confident in who you are is knowing that God is building you up each and every one of us, God has built us up to be people that were fearfully and wonderfully made as it says in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also to not be cocky or not to be condescending. We're not to think that we deserve more than the other person. Um, and if we really think about it, like, you know, if anything, we don't deserve any of this. I think having the mindset of knowing that the life that we live, the freedom that we have, the, the peace that we're given through the Holy spirit. I mean, that's a gift. Like we don't deserve it. Like we deserve to pay for our sins, our multiple sins that we've committed, but it's through the grace of God, through the grace of 
Jesus Christ, that we're given the opportunity to walk in peace. And so everything else that we're given, it's just a gift. Hmm. Like we don't deserve any of this. I don't deserve to be on the front cover of a movie by the Kendrick brothers. I don't deserve that. I don't deserve any of these things, but they're a gift given to me by God because of his love and because of uh, his anointing on my life and stuff. And so that's not something that I would ever want to just be like, Oh, look at me. I'm, I'm up. It's like, no, it's a gift. Like Mm. having that sense of humility and realizing that like, we're not living here because we're worthy. We're living here because he made us worthy. Mm. You know, we're not worthy on our own accord. He, he, he had to come down and create worth in us so that we could be acceptable to him. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I, uh, that's a really great question. And that's something that I want to definitely keep, you know, pushing into people is that, you know, you can be confident, you can absolutely be confident, but make sure that love and humility are at the, at the center of uh, all your actions. Mm. Come on, that was good, man. I, I, I know I'm not, I know I'm not preaching. To one yeah. <laughs> no, that's so good. This is like another topic I'm so passionate about. So even with you talking about it, I'm like, Oh, I want to keep on going with that oh, subject. But man, that, yeah. yeah. Amen. I'm not going to repeat anything you said because you just popped off with the <laughs> truth there. That was super good. Wow. Well, okay. So you've you've kind of hinted here and there and talked a little bit about it, but let's talk about the movie Life Mark. Fantastic film. I love the Kendrick brothers as well. Um, grew up obviously in Christian home where, you know, we'd be watching Courageous and War Room and Fireproof, all the yeah. movies. So, um, yeah, so they're, they're just super great team there and I just love their mission. So yeah, I mean, you've talked about how you got involved with it, but how was it being on set? Like, obviously this is based on a true story and you can talk about how that affected you too, but, um, how was it playing that character? How was it being on set? How did God use yeah. this to grow you? All the things. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, no. Well, basically, real quick, to sum everything up, it was truly a dream come true. And this, I I have yet to see a project surpass Lifemark in all these different facets of it being totally Christ-centered. I love working with the people. The, the, the role was so fun to play. It was, you know, the locations were awesome. The the community around, you know, where the Kendricks worked, they, everyone was just very centered on this idea. It's, you know, pro-adoption, pro-life, pro-love, mm-hmm. pro-family, all things that I grew up with, all values that I grew up with. I mean, um, it all was just, it culminated to just this, this very beautiful story that we were going to be telling. And I was like, again, I was just honored to be involved in telling that story. Cause like I said, just being there to see, everything unfold as just like a pizza delivery person would have been so humbling. It's so cool. Um, and I think really during the audition process, after watching the documentary, I saw David and I saw his family and I was like, wow, this has stopped being about how much I want to be there to film a movie. And, and it became more about I need to be on the set to thank them for what they did. Mm-hmm. I need to go and thank David for telling his story. I need to go thank his parents for adopting him. I need to thank his his birth mom and birth dad for allowing him to be born. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it was there was just so many reasons where I was like, wow, I need to get on the set. But the main thing that I was, you know, left at the end of the day thinking about was, um, I need to go and thank them. And I need to give them the biggest bear hug that I can. And 
just knowing that I got the role meant I get to meet them. I, that, that was, I mean, working with Kirk and Alex and, and Stephen Kendrick, you know, it was like, these are people that I grew up with. Yeah. You know, I grew up watching them, like, as you were saying. Um, so I was a huge fan of them, but not only that, it was, it was the excitement of knowing I get to meet this person who has an amazing story to tell. And I get to represent him in a film. I get to be this person. I get to portray him in a feature film that's going to be seen by millions of people. Mm-hmm. And so, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it was just kind of everything that I could have ever asked or imagined it to be. Um, and, and I think very early on, before I even was cast in the role, I gave it to God numerous times. I was like, God, I want this so bad like i really 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 want like i i think there was nothing more in that period of my life that i wanted than to be in this movie Hmm. but i knew that in order for it to work out i had to surrender it i couldn't be holding on to these hopes of if i don't have this i'm screwed Hmm. i don't have a life i had to be like you know god this project is yours i give it solely to you i'm surrendering it to you right now and you take it as you will you know, do as you will with it. And I had to be at that place of surrender and realizing that I couldn't just, um, you know, I, it, it was totally up to God whether or not that role was for me or, or for someone else. And uh, it was between me and I think like 1,200 other actors all over the U.S. Well. And so it was a miracle that I was even looked at and considered at all. Um, and to see kind of, the impact that the film has had since that moment of realizing, you know, I almost wasn't seen for this. I almost wasn't seen as uh, seen to read, read for, for David. Mm. Um, it's just so humbling. It's like, wow, this can only be God. This isn't me working my way up. This isn't me getting connections. It's like God is, you know, he's, he's weaving his way in and, and creating all these connections and stuff. And yeah, I mean, just being on set, was so cool. They have a designated prayer team. They have a designated wow. prayer team who is praying during the duration of our filming time. So like while we're filming, they, they're praying the whole time. Mm. And I'm like, why am I not seeing this on other film sets? I'll be on other Christian film sets. And there's some people praying. But I mean, these people were praying all the way through. I mean, we would have some, you know, nine, nine to like 12 hour shoots. Mm. And they would be there still praying, still pushing, still, you know, God give them the strength that they need. Mm. Um, everyone was super friendly. Everyone was super, you know, kind and loving. And I, I woke up every morning being like, I can't wait to go to set. Wow. And we would get up, sometimes we'd be getting up, you know, 5 a.m., you know, 5, 6 a.m. And for some people that's listening right now, I'm sure that's not unusual. <laughs> yeah. For me, that sometimes is. For me, it's, it's kind of unusual. Um so we'd be waking up at five, but I, I remember just waking up and being like, oh, yes, here we go. New day, <laughs> you know, and this wasn't just like I was driving down the street to go and film something with my, you know, cheap DSLR camera. This was, I'm flying across the country to go live by myself for a month mm. and shoot with people that I've only known of. I've never, you know, I didn't know them personally, but it was like, it, it's, it's just so weird because it's like, I grew up watching them. So I felt like I knew them. So going and spending time with them and like hanging out, it wasn't weird at all. It wasn't like, oh, this is so alien. I'm so nervous. I don't think I was like in my element. I was so comfortable. I was so excited. Every day was like, yes, let's do this. 
Alex and Steven, they were super, and, and, and Shannon, the three brothers, Alex, Steven, and Shannon, they were all so kind-hearted and loving, and and I remember just, like, there would be some stuff that I would be dealing with back at home and some, like, drama and stuff. I know we all love drama. <laughs> and uh, I would I would feel the urge to be like, oh, I feel like I need to talk to someone right now. I would reach out to Alex. Mm-hmm. I would talk to Alex Kendrick. I'd be like, hey, I'm dealing with something. Could we talk sometime soon? Because, I mean, he's a, he was a pastor. You know, he had talked to many other people besides me about probably, you know, related topics as to what I was, you know, going to talk to him about. And I, 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 I made sure to kind of underline, let's talk sometime. doesn't have to be right now. And this was at like 11 or something, like 10 or 11 at night. And he texts me, he goes, are you at the, re- are you at the blank, blank hotel? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. He goes, okay, I'll be there in five minutes. I'm like, oh, dude, I didn't mean right now. And so he would show up. We had like an hour long discussion. He prayed with me. He was there for me. He talked with me. Same goes for Steven and Shannon. Like these guys, they, they made it so clear that like we're executive producers slash directors in this project, but we are friends and father figures and mentors before that. Mm. And they made that clear. They made that known. And I literally could go to Alex for anything Mm. and, and Kirk, Kirk as well. I remember me and Kirk, we would go and we would go to restaurants. We would go and talk and I would just spill uh, whatever was on my heart and be like, bro, man, that's rough. Like, you know, well, what do you, what do you think about this? And we would just have like normal conversations. Like, wow. like I understand why people look up, up to them to such a high degree as do I, but they are so normal. They're mm-hmm. so regular. They're, they're very normal people with normal instincts, normal emotions, normal responses and they made my time worth it you know they weren't like celebrities that you just couldn't talk to or anything like that they were like no we're here for you we got you and i mean even early on kirk even reached out to me he said if you don't get this role during the audition process if you don't get this role i still want to be an older brother figure to you i want to be a mentor to you i want to reach out to you as much as i can wow and so i was like wow like that's super humbling because I'm just, I consider myself a, a, a nobody from blank, blank Minnesota. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that's yeah. super cool for me to hear too. Cause you know, you do look up to these people, you know, and even like right. Phil Wickham and Carrie Joe, like it, you just look yeah. up to these people, like, you know, cause it's, it's seeing them growing up and seeing how far they are on for God. And it's like, wow, these are so just men and women of their faith. But even just hearing you talk about this down-to-earth friendship, but also it just it sounds like they felt like family to you. Like that to me is like wow, that is just proof of their character, and that shows in their films. And you know, it just like I don't know, it, it's encouraging for me to hear that because you don't typically hear that of you know film directors or movie yeah, companies. Yeah, so. and and that's the thing, and and I might be kind of overstepping by saying this, but I mean just because I'm in the Christian film industry doesn't mean I don't see people that have toxic traits. Um, It is a very real thing. Uh, Unfortunately, I I hate to be the one to say this, um, but there is a lot of uh, kind of egotistical kind of mannerisms from people who I did look up to. And there are some people that do kind of feel like they are higher and mightier than God himself. Mm. Um, So to see that the Kendricks are like, no, we're not going to step in that cesspool of of narcissism and egotistical thinking they 
they're really considerate of people and they're like, cause again, that goes down, it boils down to, um, they have a lot they could brag about. They have a lot they could boast and go off and, and talk about, well, we're the, you know, t- millions and billions of dollars, you know, we're like, you know, we, we, we have films that bring in all these, these dollars and, you know, we're successful and we have this church and it's, and we have this other church, but they don't do that. They, mm. they shine themselves in the light of, you know, we're conduits for Christ. And, you know, he's the one who has, you know, anointed us for these seasons of time. And it's not, it's not us doing it out of our own accord. It's solely him doing the work through us that makes these things possible. And, you know, again, there's that word humility, you know, yeah. can't, can't leave home without it. No, that's for sure. Yeah. So what do you feel like has been the toughest part on this journey, but also the most rewarding part? Wow. Toughest part, most rewarding. Um, I think it can be very tough to kind of lose your rhythm of day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. And in that day-to-day life, it means sometimes um, you're not spending as much time with the Lord because you're getting up at 5 a.m. and you have to be on set at a certain time. Um, And... You know, I, I the more that I've grown in my walk with Christ, the more that I realize I need Him more than I think I do. Um, and so, on a day to day basis, if I don't have my time with the Lord, I can be kind of groggy, irrational. You know, I can kind of, you know, my my alter ego could come out. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's I think something that's been a challenge for me has been just maintaining my walk with Christ and making sure that. I am still giving him that reverence every day, making sure that I'm having communication with him because I truly can't, you know, go a day without talking with God. Even if it's um, just a couple little prayers in the morning, if it's a cup, if I'm reading a devotional or if I'm, you know, having some worship, you know, it, it all counts. It all matters. Like, you know, even if you just have just a few minutes in the morning to be like, God, I praise you. I thank you for this great day. I thank you for the person you're creating me to be. And list off a couple of people that you want to pray for them that day and that you, 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 you bless yourself. You, you pray for yourself, but you're also thinking of other people that you can bless and that you can look out for and that you're thinking of other people besides yourself. Um, I mean, that goes a long way. You don't have to have two hours in the morning where you're just, you know, speaking in tongues and lying on the ground. Yeah. Like you can also just, you know, wake up, God, I praise you. I bless you. I thank you for this day. Help me to per pursue you with everything that I am and to be a conduit for you today. Mm. Um, I mean, that's something that I'm still working on as a, you know, a believer for, you know, almost all my life. Uh, it's, it can be a struggle on set sometimes to have that kind of, um, uh, to remember, to make sure that you're doing what you love, but you're also doing what you love because someone made that possible for you. And I still want to be able to give that grace to God and to be able to remember him during those times. Um, so I'd say that that's definitely one big challenge to stay consistent with because um, when I don't have my, like I said, when I don't have my time with God, sometimes things don't go right. And I kind of, you know, I'm off kilter a little bit. Um, that's just one thing. Um, studying scripts is rough. <laughs> it's, and, and I think for life, Mark, I was very grateful to know that um, 
I, you know, I had some time to study some of the scripts or some, not some of the scripts, some of the sides. So like we would have a portion of, uh, some of the script that we would read or that we would film throughout the week. So one day we would film like, uh, two to three scenes. So we would have the sides for those scenes, the scripts for those scenes. So, um, when I was casting the role, they gave me five days before we started shooting. So they cast me and they're like, all right, we'll see you in Georgia in five days. So I had to print it out. I had to study it as much as I can, but what, how I study things, I am a visual learner, but also I'm an audible learner. So what I'll do when I'm going and studying scripts, especially for uh, the kids show that I did was I will record my lines and I'll record the person's line before it. So I can audibly hear the person's line right before I'm supposed to say my line Mm. and I'll go over it again and again and again. Sometimes I'll read it with the script. Sometimes I'll just lie there and listen to it. Um, but I think when you're being, when you're on set, another challenging thing is sometimes you don't have time to listen to your script and go over it again and again and again. Like for example, you know, we, we had short periods of time where we, we, we would have short windows for us to listen to our lines or go over our lines and stuff because we would shoot all these long scenes, be exhausted by the end of the day and want to go home and rest, wake up the next morning to film a bunch of other scenes. So there's a very small window that we would be given to actually go over those lines. So it's a challenge, but I'm, I'm glad that I've, I've at least got some resources to, to cope with that. Um, uh, yeah, I would say that those are the two main struggles that I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite a job. That's for sure to have memorized everything in that quickly. And well, it is. Yeah. So what do you think? What do you think is like the most rewarding part then? Mm -hmm. The most rewarding part about just, just my position. Yeah. Being on set, filmmaking, everything. Uh, wow. Living out my dream being a performer being able to uh reach the audiences i never thought possible or at least i never thought i'd be able to reach as of right now um because i think everyone who is taking acting seriously and they're trying to pursue a profession of you know professional acting they have hopes of either going two directions they want to go to broadway or they want to go to feature filmmaking Mm -hmm. um and so it's something where I'm like, I know I can do it. I know I can work hard and I can get there. I, I truly didn't think it was going to happen this quickly for me. I really, really did not think it was going to happen this quickly. Um, that I was actually in college while I was um, looking at the auditions for LifeMark. I was studying uh, filmmaking and I was, I was in a visual communications technology degree program. So basically I could apply whatever I got from that class and I could go out and do any kind of filmmaking, if I wanted to be a freelance videographer, if I wanted to go and work for, you know, feature film companies, I would have that to help me out. Um, Obviously, you don't need that to be able to go and work on film sets, but it would have helped. Um, And so uh, I kind of just assumed, okay, I'm going to study film, I'm going to keep doing this. And maybe when I'm in my 30s, I can go work for Hallmark or something like that, you know. but the fact that God had other plans and he was like, ah, I got something that you wouldn't, you wouldn't think or imagine to be possible for you. Um, it's just, it was just so rewarding to see that, like, I get to finally 
tell stories, be a character, represent someone whose story actually happened, um, and have that be something that's displayed for millions of people to see. I mean, that's that's rewarding in and of itself. I mean, the reward isn't truly what do I get out of it. It's it's knowing that someone else got something from what I was able to give them. And I think that that's, I mean, that's the greatest gift, you know, I could, I could ever be given. Hmm. Wow. That's super cool. I just, I, I really appreciate your heart of humility within this because even you said this, you know, there are people out there who are Christians, but they still have a lot of just that pride deep down and it's hard to fight that, but um, just seeing your heart for the Lord and, and how he's using you, it's just really incredible to see. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see everything God's going to continue to do for your life and the things that he's opening and closing, and it's all for his glory and for his kingdom. And so it's just super cool to see. Um, oh, fist bump me, sister. Come on. Hey, come there on, we go. So <laughs> <laughs> Over the Zoom call. <laughs> Over the Zoom. Um. But before we end this podcast, I would love for you, I know I put in the questions to share like some advice for people who are trying to get in acting or filmmaking, but I mean, you can do that of course too, but I think it'd be really cool to just leave people with a word of encouragement from another Gen Zer to other Gen Z generation um, people. So yeah, what what do you have? (laughs) Oh my gosh. See, I'm just like, I'm a ball of encouragement and I, I always have different ways of showing encouragement. Sometimes it could mean something to someone. Sometimes it, it's something that they've already heard, but I have, I have a lot of things to, to share for people of our generation. Um, I, I think the, the greatest thing that I could give right now, the, the gift that I could bestow to our, our fellow Gen Zers is that um, you are far from alone. God sees you exactly where you are and you're not to rush. You're not to worry. You're not to worry about, well, well, this person's further ahead than I am. I'm only doing this. It's not as successful. I'm, you know, I'm not really doing anything. God instructs us to be at a place of rest. He, you'll never read once where it says God wants you to stress out and overthink. And if you're not doing the right thing, you got to get your act together. Yeah. It's a very, uh, very fleshly human kind of behavior. And what I want to encourage everyone who's listening right now, I want them to to understand that God is not rushing you. God leads you. God is not pushing from the back. He leads us from the front, from the front. And as it says, you know, in Psalm 23, you know, he leads me beside still waters and he makes me lie down in green pastures. Other way around, but yeah. The point is is that he is he he makes us lie down and chill in green pastures and he leads us beside the still water. So he's leading. He's not pushing us from the back. He's leading from the front. That's a really big thing uh, that my dad actually he's been instructing in my life lately um, is to not be afraid to um, just let God lead. Mm-hmm. And something that I've actually been really kind of meditating on within the last couple months is this idea of rest. And I did a couple of videos, maybe you saw it on my Instagram, mm-hmm. um, did a couple of videos on the concept of rest and how in Psalm, Psalm 4610 talks about being still and knowing that God is in control and that really we, he sees that there's going to be fiery arrows. He sees that there's going to be chaos and confusion and calamity. And these things are happening around us. It's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen in our lives. But he wants us to know that 
He is Lord over those situations. He is Lord over our stress. He is Lord over our anxiety. He's Lord over our lust. He's Lord over our self-hatred. He's Lord over our guilt. And that he wants to take those things and have you be at a place of rest so you can understand him better and let him take that stress for you so you can see him as the God that he truly is. Mm. And something that's just been really impactful in my life is just whenever something is chaotic, stop, chill. And I'm not saying just like lie around and be lazy and do whatever. But if if there's something going on around you and it's chaotic and you're like, wow, I, I got to take this in my own hands. That's probably a sign that God's wanting you to just chill out for two seconds and just listen mm. to him. Yeah. Otherwise we might handle things how we think they're supposed to be handled. And he actually has something even better for us. Mm. So I want to encourage everybody that's listening. God's got this. It's okay to be at rest. It's okay to, to recognize the imperfections, but not call your life an imperfection and to recognize that God wants to aid you in the things that are, are bothering you and that are hurting your mind and that you are not far gone and that there is such an incredible call and a plan and purpose for each and every one of your lives. Yeah. Amen. Mike Giraffe. Dang. Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, yeah, that was so, so good. Even that encouraged my heart. And, just and, and that's from the heart. Like, I'm yeah. not just saying that to be like, well, this is what I read on, you know, Pinterest, you know. Right, <laughs> like, right on. <laughs> like, no, guys, I, I've lived this out, and it's, and it's the truth. And it's not my truth. It's not, well, Raphael said this, so I'm going to live it out. No, this is this is straight from the word of God. Mm-hmm. And he, he wants you guys to know this, to be encouraged and to live a lifestyle where we're not dependent on ourselves. We're so dependent on him. We can't help but be dependent on him because he is such a good and loving father. Amen. Yeah. He wants to give good gifts to his children and just trusting mm-hmm. in his goodness and that. Yeah. Wow. So, so good. Ah, I just, I feel encouraged by that. It was super cool too, to just hear your story and, um, yeah, the, the things that God is doing in your life, like I said, is just super awesome to see as your sister in Christ and friend and walk alongside you with you with this journey. So it's awesome. But before we go, I would love for you to plug, 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 give those accounts that people can follow, find you at. Yes. Yeah. Everybody. Uh, if you're listening right now and you're wanting more uh, information on where you can go and see the film, Lifemark, the hit film Lifemark, if you're wanting to, um, yeah, if you're wanting to go see the film, if you want to know where you can purchase it or rent it, it's on Amazon Prime. You can get it on, I think it's on Apple TV. It's on a lot of streaming sources right now. It's it's on PureFlix right now. Nice. Um, also, you can go to your local Walmart, which if you haven't gone to your local Walmart and seen the DVD yet, what are you doing? Um, but also, they've been selling out so quickly. So go and get your physical copies if you can. If not, like I said, it's on Amazon Prime. It's on PureFlick, Apple TV. Um, and it's on uh, other platforms as well. It's on a lot, it's, it's growing on other platforms. It's actually still in theaters in, like, South America, which is crazy. Whoa. Like, it's, like, just hitting certain theaters and stuff like that. So... The movie's growing. Like I said, it's it's still leaving an impact. Once again, for those listening, go to PureFlix, go to Apple TV, um, Apple Amazon Prime, and uh, yeah, go watch an amazing movie where you'll be entertained, you will be encouraged, and you will probably cry your eyes out by the end of it. So, oh yeah, I did. Go I, watch Life Mark. I was bawling. <laughs> I was like a little baby. It was embarrassing. <laughs> That's awesome. 
super cool. Well, thank you again for taking the time to do this. And uh, yeah, everyone just go support our brother here and, and the Kendrick brothers and Kirk Cameron, just everything these people are doing for the kingdom. Super, super cool. Mm -hmm.